Hello, listeners. You thought October was over. We're still doing spooky games. <laughs> Welcome back to, I guess, the dual screams goes on into November because I feel like I booked so many horror games in anticipation for October. And now it's like Halloween candy. You know, there's a bunch left over and we still get to enjoy it. So joining me this week is Eric Odeldahl the creative director of Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife, a VR horror game where you use your supernatural abilities to solve the mystery behind your death. Woo! Eric, welcome to the show. How's it going, bud? Thank you very well. Thank you. So nice to be here. Yeah, congrats on the recent launch on the PSVR. How's that going for you guys so far? Uh, going going well, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, most people seem to enjoy it, which makes us happy. Uh, uh, it's it's always uh, it's always tricky to uh, launch on a new platform, and and the move controllers are very different from from earlier platforms we support. So, but uh, so far, people seem to enjoy it. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so, Wraith the oblivion afterlife was was wraith taken just plain wraith so so uh so afterlife is uh it's um (laughs) it's a horror game that takes place inside the world of darkness Mm. universe right yes and and wraith and wraith the oblivion is one of the games in the world of darkness there's Mm. also vampire the masquerade of course Werewolf, the apocalypse, etc. And you can actually see me on camera. So I'm gonna wraith the oblivion. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's it's a tabletop um, RPG from from the 90s initially. Uh, and uh, well, the uh, the standard is basically uh, game title, or you know, IP title, <laughs> and then game title. <laughs> So rate the oblivion afterlife. Yes, yes. I was having some fun with you, of course. But yes, it is set in the world of darkness. Um, yeah, when are we getting that Bloodlines 2 game? Are you in on that? Do you know? Do you have any, I, I any have insight? No I know that, I've got no information. I'm still wait, I'm waiting for it, too. Uh, I mean, who doesn't love vampires, right? Right, right. So yeah, no idea, unfortunately. No. <laughs> so um, I kind of gave us the... Uh, the broad strokes of what this game is, the setup. I want you to go in with a little bit of a more finer approach. Give us more detail. What is the setup in uh, Wraith, the Afterlife Oblivion? So in, uh, in Afterlife, you play Ed Miller, uh, who is a photographer. Uh, I think he mainly wants to do art, but he's been, uh, you know, making a living doing wedding photos, etc., and getting pretty tired of that. Uh, uh, but he gets a job at the Barclay Mansion, uh, just mm. outside you know, greater Los Angeles. Uh, and uh, he's there to photograph seance. Mm. Uh, and during this seance, something goes horribly wrong. Uh, and uh, everybody, or potentially at least everybody dies. We don't really know how many people die, God. Uh, but people die at the seance, including poor Ed himself. So when the game begins, uh, you, you wake up, well, as a dead person, as a wraith, uh, and you find your way back to the mansion and basically start to piece together, you know, what happened those, uh, 
uh, last few days uh, before everything went to hell, more or less. You know, if you wanted to go for like a really original story, just have the seance go really great and everyone's yeah. happy. <laughs> no. And it's we like about all the sunshine and rainbows. And then... Yeah, it's like, oh, that would be a, not, not a shorter game, maybe. Has yeah. it ever gone right in any, like, I, I know it's a it's a basic like horror trope setup. There's some sort of yeah. seance, spooky gathering, and then shit always goes wrong, and then all hell breaks loose. But I think it'd be nice to have a seance go well, and then you know, a car hits you on the walk home from the seance, or you trip and fall. A bus collides. Yeah. No. Uh, um, yeah. I, yeah. No. I think we. Um uh we we felt no it's a seance mm. things have to go to hell would uh would you care if you died under similar circumstances like yeah, i'm dead let i me, mean let it go the thing i mean ed, ed miller i mean as a wraith you know you, your life is pretty horrible <laughs> and <laughs> angstridden, i guess so, oh, I so think, you're, you're uh, forced to care basically yeah, it's yeah. I, I think uh, I would, I would not have enjoyed dying like Ed did. No, mm. definitely not. Walk us through the core gameplay loop of Afterlife. What is Ed doing to help solve this grander mystery? So uh, Ed finds himself back at the Barclay Mansion, uh, and he he encounters like memories, um, remnants of, of the people that have been there. Uh, and uh, basically see, you, you get to see what has happened there. Uh, and um, during pretty early on in the game, you realize that you're not alone in the mansion. Mm. Uh, yes, you may be dead, but there are other things there dead as well but infinitely worse uh these these creatures are called specters and it's uh in the in the fiction of rate the oblivion they're basically wraiths that have lost you know they've lost that um, connection with their human side they've lost all the connection they had with, with their humanity and they're now just beings filled with hate and rage mm. about usually about what killed them or you know or what things that have gone wrong in their lives uh, and it turns out that Howard Barkley, the billionaire, he's a movie producer who owns this mansion. Uh, he's a bit of a, a scumbag and he's had uh, people have died around him for many, many years. And they've all kind of been drawn back by, by all this negative energy to the mansion. And then they now haunt, haunt the mansion. Uh, and they can't necessarily see a difference between you and Howard Barkley all the time, right. uh, which means that you are uh, very much being hunted uh, by these specters uh, and you're pretty defenseless uh, as Ed. Uh, so uh, your best bet is to use stealth, to stay hidden, try to distract the enemies, the specters when they show up. Uh, you have a um, you have kind of a guide in the afterlife uh, who's uh, called your shadow, and he's kind of your dark subconscious. Uh, uh, and uh, 
your shadow will guide you through the game, helping you at times, maybe not helping you at other times, maybe not always telling the truth, etc. But so you and your shadow basically progress through the mansion, uh, opening it up piece by piece, uh, and and basically eventually uh, hope, hopefully uh, filling in all the pieces and realizing what's gone what's gone wrong uh, in this building. Yeah, it's like a little uh, it's like a buddy cop movie, you know, with two gumshoes trying yeah. to solve the crime, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, and and the shadow is definitely the bad cop then. I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, the guy who always gets you into trouble. Right, right. Uh, I have to say, and I can say this with a lot of certainty, that this is the most effective VR horror game I've ever played, hands down. It Thank does, you. it does something with the genre that, because horror effective horror is really hard it's it's tricky on its own but effective vr horror i think is even trickier because how do you avoid the temptation of putting a jump scare every five seconds as you're walking around because i think that's where most feel that's the the hook of a vr horror game the the jump scare because it, it feels a bit more genuine than an actual on a screen that you can yeah. be removed from. But how do you avoid that? Because this game I feel is very atmospheric and slow burn. And it's kind of, it really puts you in this house, in this mansion, in this world. And it instills a sense of dread as you're playing it. Yeah, I mean, what we uh, really, really, really early on, we said that we, uh, we wouldn't, build the game. I mean, even when we started Fast Travel Games in 2016, we said we will never build a horror game built on jump scares because it's, right. I can see, you know, the, the fun in it and you, you know, it's, stuff is scary and it's, you know, you get this sudden, you know, or very instant but short-lived right. feeling of, whoa, what was that? But we said for Afterlife, basically, let's just focus on tension and build up. Uh, and uh, that's what we kind of do. It it does start out pretty slow, and some some players, you know, think it it is a bit too slow for them. And mm. I, I fully respect that. But what we do is we basically up we try to up the tension slowly, but you know, it never lets down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully, uh, until we reach uh, you know certain moments in, in, in the story in the game where we basically you know really get to these horror peaks we feel mm. where we you know where you okay now it's time to actually actually shock the player do something really really scary mm-hmm. and after that well we do let the tension down a bit right. uh, but but we never want the player to feel safe at mm. all in this game it's uh yeah, I, I mean, we, 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 we said, you know, we, we had a couple of sayings. We said that you have to earn your jump scares. Uh, it was, was one of our like mottos when building mm-hmm. the game. So, I mean, it's really hard to make a horror game where there are no jump scares because you want some, to- of course. Yeah. yeah. But you basically have to earn it uh, mm-hmm. and you have to work for it. And when, so when it happens, it shouldn't just be a, 
a happy shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it should be something <laughs> terrifying. Right. So that, so that that's one thing. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, during play testing, etc., we we basically said we can't make a horror game and not try to do the most terrifying thing ever. Mm. I mean, we we really set out to do you know create situations that are horrible. <laughs> uh, and, and this is like a weird thing with horror games is that, you know, you might feel really bad playing it, but afterwards, I mean, that's the feeling, this exhilaration of just, I made it, I made it through this. It's, it's like, mm. uh, I, th- I think that's the weird thing with horror games. Yeah. That, you know, the really, really scary ones are also the ones that I feel are the best mm. <laughs> because it's so tied into that feeling, what happens after right it's what what it leaves you with when sort of the credits kind of roll and it's yeah what's the impression it's made on you yeah i feel like horror can be one of two things it's either a slap in the face that's your jump scare or it's that it's like a hand slowly creeping up towards your neck and then tightening a grip slowly and then just when it's about to get you it'll ease up a little bit it's the, the threat is still there and you still feel yeah. uneasy, but it's not going to be just this abrasive force that sl- slaps you across the face yeah. every five minutes. And, 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 and I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I think there's a place for the slap. In the face oh, there is. Too. There is. I think but, certain but, but movies think, and games can thrive yeah. on that kind of setup and design choice. But I think yeah. for effective horror that really can, that you can take seriously in a sense. Yeah, I get a little bit more subdued. I think I think so too. And and the uh, the 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 story we tell in Afterlife is not it's not exactly a happy story. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. I mean, um, the, the cast isn't massive, and but the people. I hope I hope we let people get to know the you know the characters in the game uh, fairly well, or at least you know they see snippets of their lives. But they are all. They're not nice people. They're not nice to each other. It's it's like uh, um, there's not a lot of ha ha humor, I guess, in the game. Either. Right. I mean, we 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 tried our best to create a really oppressive mood, I guess. Yeah, they're all scumbags, basically. They are all scumbags. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um. What does how does the VR space inform your design of horror? Because now it's your there's an extra element now to play with. How do you embrace the tech to make the most effective horror experience? Um, so Afterlife uh, is our fourth game, uh, mm-hmm. fourth VR game, uh, and we've I mean we've gradually learned, I think. Uh, from a mechanical point of view, you know, what we think is the best way to use VR. Um, and it turns out that the best way to use VR with how we like to think, we, we talk about presence, we talk about the players try to physically root the character in the scene. They are, we want to let them interact with things and physically touch stuff and, and basically feel you're in the space. And it turns out that that Philosophy translate really translates really well to horror, as well. Uh, there's a lot of hiding, listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, audio is a big thing, and and with 
you know, proper spatialization of audio in VR, it's, it's amazing. You can actually hear, you know, just up the stairs, there's mm. a, there's a door creaking or somebody's right. walking, etc. I think, um, I think that, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. And, and, and also in VR, you never have control of the camera. The player mm. is always in control. So we want the player in horror to basically never be quite sure of where the threat is. Right. right? So they listen, they look, you know, they hide, uh, you know, next to a couch or hide inside a cupboard or stuff, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, and I, I think that's uh, putting, putting the player in a room is, is it's like, it sounds like a weirdly trivial thing, but but it's it's like really getting them to feel that they're in a space, right? And then and then invading that space, right? Because you yeah. know send send the horror in to them to where you know and you know can they can they find a way out or not? Right. I mean, it's one thing playing a game where you're watching from a screen ten feet away from you, and you can see most of the threats, but now you're being placed in a world where you're part of the environment and yeah. behind you is up for grabs too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of stuff like, you know, just, just look at, you can actually run and look over your shoulder in VR. <laughs> like I would yeah. assume you would do if you were right. in real life. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, uh, yeah, there's a. It's. It, I think it's really about making sure that the player is, that they feel that they're in, mm. in the working mansion, in the building. That's so cool. Um, yeah. what this game was first for the Oculus Quest. How has beefier specs, like with PlayStation, for example, and PSVR, has that helped in any way making the game more? scary or things you couldn't do before or helped um, more of an impact to the original version of the game so for this for this game we uh the quest was the lead platform mm -hmm. we which basically meant we we based a lot of our tech decisions mm -hmm. uh, on the quest and the quest 2 and what they can do but we always have the game running on pc etc there's definitely i mean it's stuff like resolution it's mm. uh better level of detail there's you know uh, some shadows real-time shadows etc et stuff that you can't do on platform you know on certain platforms mm. uh i think the uh i think in the future we're looking to um for for, for upcoming games really to do a bit a wider approach i think mm. uh and, and because there are some really new, uh, some really cool new pieces of tech out mm. or coming out soon. Mm. So I, I think, um, uh, but but for 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 this game, we really really wanted to build an experience that looks and plays really really well on the Quest. So that's what we kind of focused on uh, very heavily for this mm. for for Afterlife. Mm. Are there things that you're thinking now that weren't possible with current tech that are possible with future VR technology that could help up a fear factor in a game like this? Uh, I, I think there's a, I, 
one thing I keep coming back to all the time is how I love how haptics is, mm -hmm. is improving. Uh, we actually just released uh, a patch for Afterlife with the haptics support, the vest. And Very the, nice. Uh, wow. So you can feel your heart beating because <laughs> wow. there, there's, um, yeah, there, there's, um, you have this uh, wraith uh, power uh, ability in, in the game where you can use your hand. It's called sharpened senses. Mm. It basically directs you to uh, your next objective, or you know, tells you where a, you know a specter is lurking and stuff like that. Uh, and and you can feel that now in your arm, and you can feel your heart pounding. And when a specter hits you, you can feel that you know its mm. claws, <laughs> stuff like that. That is awesome. Uh, and uh, and I think that uh, uh, well, I think I think hap haptics is like a really important thing for for uh, for VR going forward. Mm. Uh, I, I think. Resolution, um, update frequencies, etc. All that is awesome. Of course, it's it's. I mean, and and that needs to be improved over time as well. But I think presence, feeling, haptics uh, mm. uh, is amazing stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a it's the kind of game where I was enjoying it so much I wanted to force it upon my friends who are scared very easily yeah just to watch the reaction because like my fiance he detests horror media in yeah. all shapes and forms but i love it and he'll watch them because i make him watch them Poor guy. I, th I think he, i think he likes being scared too but like there's always the, uh, the the hands over the eyes i'm like come on let's play a little play this vr game it's really it's really neat i think you'd enjoy it <laughs> Um, yeah. so th I want to thank you for ruining him for a night the other day because he I'm sorry could not handle it <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of upcoming tech in the VR space yeah, PSVR 2 have you seen it smelled it fondled it is that anywhere on the horizon for your team what can you say what can't you say so uh, th this is this this is the part where I become the boring person. Ah. So I, can't, I can't really say much. Uh, you read the line from the script that the PR people yeah. gave you, and uh, the lawyers no, but, but I, I, I can't say anything. Uh, <laughs> I can't say anything yet. Uh, but uh, I can say that we will definitely be supporting it in the future. Mm. What excites you the most about? The future of the VR space. Um, honestly, right now, how much it is it is growing and it's growing in a rapid pace. Mm. Uh, there's a uh, there's a ton of cool games uh, mm. out now and coming out. I mean, uh, right now I'm enjoying well a really old game, Resident Evil Four again. <laughs> but the thing is uh, again. It, but the thing is, it feels like it's to me. It feels like it's it found its it's found its proper home. This mm. is how it was meant to be played. Really, and I, and I feel it's like uh, I love it. I love it to bits. Uh, and I and I had the same experience when I played Res, an old another old fat. Oh my God, Res is amazing yeah. in VR. Uh, so when I played that in VR, it's like yes, this is this is how it's intended to be played. And and the thing is, I to me. Um, 
a lot of VR is about finding new ways to play and a new, new finding new new ways to experience games that you can't do on a flat screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also, I think, to me about finding how can we how can we get these really big, massive experiences mm-hmm. in VR and and you know and and there. Now we, we have a we have some games that really prove that this this works, right. and to me that's super exciting. Uh, I mean, I wanna I wanna work on games that I would buy myself. Mm. <laughs> you know, a, right. a game that I a game that you know. I mean, ideally, every game you you work on is something that would sell you. You know, yes, I have to buy a VR headset because I need to play this game, etc. Mm. Uh, and uh, and I really like. I like big, big chunky stuff. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, li- I like I like games with uh, uh, that really draw you into an experience. Uh, and you're gonna love me because I am big chunky stuff all over, Eric. I'm <laughs> one big chunky individual. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like games like Half Life, Alex, for example. Yeah. Showed us that we've really moved past the tech demo growing pains of vr and now we're in like these are real like blood and truth another great vr game just these are full-fledged games that embrace the vr medium with such excellence that you that you just you couldn't find years ago no Uh, and i and, and i think we started in 2016, you know, mm. and everybody felt like, you know, we, we, everybody was trying different stuff. Our first game at Construct, I'm not sure if you've played it. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little rough around the edges, but I'm super proud of it. But it's basically, let's do an action adventure. Let's do a first person action adventure game in, in VR it, with a story, with a really cool VR yeah, bow and arrow mechanic, etc. Let's build something that only works in VR. Mm-hmm. but is a bigger experience. And I, we've, we've kind of kept that. <laughs> uh, it's like a, ph- a philosophical choice. Like, let's, let's right. keep doing this. Uh, uh, just m- make complete experiences. And I, 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 I like that. But I also like that v- it works in VR now. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not only experimentation. It's actually, you know, it's found its place. It's... There are some some things that work and others that that don't and, and uh, yeah. What a what was the pull for you? Because you're a former dice guy, and now yeah. you're going into VR games. So what 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 made you make that transition? Like what what was it about this tech that was like I want to make games in VR? Um, I mean, initially, it, it, the the big pull was actually that. Uh, there were so many things that were unsolved. There were so many things that people that we needed to figure out. I mean, and and once again, don't get me wrong. I, I play a lot of uh, VR games. I actually play a lot of dice games still. Yes. <laughs> but the, th- the thing is, uh, it to me personally felt like we were solving the same issues mm. again in the game again or maybe sometimes just rephrasing the question a bit you know how can we change this thing to our next game etc but it it became 
a lot about just work. We knew what to do very early on and then we just did it. Whereas when we started VR and, and with it, with all our games still, it's still, you know, how the hell can we even do this in VR? Right. Uh, and, and I think that's, um, that was how it started out and it is still to a large degree, but, but now I actually feel, you know, I feel pretty confident about some stuff like, yeah, we, you know, we or some other great VR studio has solved an issue. We can build on that. And, you know, how mm. can we take this further? Uh, whereas in uh, flat screen gaming, it was mostly technical challenges. And mm. there's tons of challenges in any type of game development. But, but, right. but AAA was a lot about, for me personally, it turned into technical challenges rather mm -hmm. than design yeah fidelity resolution yeah yeah exactly yeah stuff, stuff like that, like that. And, uh, yeah but like I said, that, that's, a, that's a personal opinion right. and, and not everybody's going to agree oh sure of course but no, you're like you're like on the ground floor with this now you've been there for years developing yeah. in this space and you're watching it grow and mature it must feel like incredibly satisfying to see how far it's it come. is yeah, it it is, and that, <clears throat> and it hasn't always been been easy. We had the VR winter of twenty eighteen. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? The VR winter of twenty eighteen. No, but there, there was uh, there, there 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 was this period of time Dark where winter. we were we were actually a bit uncertain about mm. you know is this actually gonna take off the way we want right. to believe it should, uh, and then it did, and that's the kind of thing, right? It it actually uh it, it's growing and and now with sony uh coming back with the ngvr etc I, mm -hmm. I i you know there's and super interesting thing things happening in uh, in pc mm -hmm. and also well the, the quest is like super successful and there's tons of new headsets chinese headsets coming out that, mm -hmm. uh, and some of them are really are really cool so it's like there's a lot happening uh, right so i really like that that's a it's it's a nice environment to work in. Yeah, it must be comforting too seeing like Sony, especially doubling down on VR, yeah. saying we're gonna make the next version of this. It's gonna be better than the first. It's it's like a whole new redesign, new controller, it's a whole thing. And yeah. seeing someone that big putting, you know, such a huge investment in that space must be great for, yeah. for your team yeah. seeing that support. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always have to ask about influence, especially in horror, because I think horror, there's a lot of media that can sort of inform us about ideology of what horror is. So what media have you consumed has played a big influence on you in developing uh, horror games? Um. I think for Afterlife, it was very much, uh, I mean, a number of older uh, horror movies. Hmm. Uh, I really, really like uh, the, uh, the, I think it's from 63, The Haunting. I watched mm. that. There's a, um, uh, there's a, and now I forget the name. It's called, um, the Changeling. Oh, that's that is a good one. Yeah, actually, actually uh, has the seance scene in it, and I think that's yeah. 
somewhere in, in the back of my mind, it felt like, <clears throat> you know, that, that was a big influence. But these slower, there's both slow burn horror movies mm -hmm. uh, and, and they build toward a climax, uh -huh. uh, both of them. Almost the entire movie builds toward like yeah. one big thing uh, that is terrifying in both in both cases. Mm -hmm. uh, but then also I feel, um, I, so I, I'm not sure if I consumed any specific media for it. I mean, games, uh, there, there are some, there are some games uh, that we early set on. These are, these are our inspirations and, mm -hmm. and uh, Alien Isolation was one. Yes. Uh, Amnesia Dark Descent mm -hmm. from fellow Swedish devs, uh, Frictional Games is an Great amazing game. Great team. Uh, uh, and so, so those were clear influences in the way that they, their game, games where you're mostly defenseless. Mm. Uh, uh, <clears throat> and I, I think that emotion was something we wanted in, in Afterlife. But also I think that other things, the, um, I think horror works, I mean, you, you have to, the character in a horror story has to be kind of defenseless as soon mm. as it becomes some kind of power fantasy the horror disappears mm. uh and uh so the whole story the script was also based around that you know, fact that this is a this is a guy uh who's out of money this is like a final job and then they can you know he's, he can leave his failed career behind mm -hmm. try to start over and then right. You know, and then he ends up in the hands of these assholes, <laughs> right? So, so I think the so it's, it's like he, he went from bad to worse, and then to yeah. bad. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, and and I think that's that's also a narratively important element in in a good horror story that you know the the hero of the piece mm. is is more or less defenseless. There's there's no way to win, right? Uh, in a in a in a re, for horror to be really effectful, uh, the victory is never you know a triumph. Mm. I think. Ooh, I like that. That is so deep. That's so so yeah. deep. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I think, think that. Yeah, and <laughs> think that plays to. Uh, I think the biggest downfall in the recent Resident Evil games is you can play for so long being this defenseless you know average basic ass human being but then by the end you're just a one-man army wielding all sorts of machine guns and firepower yeah. it does remove a little bit of the horror element out of it it's it, unfortunate it, you know it's yeah it, it does I, I still find i think it's very entertaining oh it is but, it really but it, really but it does it doesn't scare you anymore right i think right. That's, it, it turns into something else right and i think that's the balance of we've scared you enough here's a machine gun go nuts yeah you've earned it it's fine yeah you've earned it <laughs> back. all right so i think that's a good segue into rapid fire and we can yeah. learn more about you and i think what i first what i'd like to ask you first is what scares you, Eric? Uh, what makes you pee your a, pants? Uh, I think uh, 
anything that threatens my kids in any way. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. That's the, that's real. That is a real fear. Um, what horror franchise would you like to bring into a VR space? What could benefit from being in a VR space? Uh, I would love to see Silent Hill and I would love mm. to see Dead Space. Oh my Dead, God. Space, Dead Space. Dead Space before it turned into uh, action games. Yeah. We don't talk about Dead Space 3 on this podcast. It never, <laughs> it never existed. <laughs> I would think Fatal Frame would be a really good uh, mm. franchise yes. to bring into VR. Yeah. That could, yes. God that willing. Would, yes. Yeah. Oh, Eric, get that contract. Just go and get it. Be like, yo, Tecmo, uh, uh, Tecmo, just give it to me. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do right by you. Um, on the flip side of that question, if you were given the chance to corrupt a wholesome game franchise and make it into a dark horror title, oh, like imagine Animal Crossing if it were a horror game, what game would you pick to twist into something more sinister? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> and you have free reign. It's like whatever you say goes. No one's going to say no to you. You pick it. I mean, it would it. be interesting to see something like Zelda turn oh my into god. A, like a body horror thing. Oh my god. That'd be nuts. I'm not even sure I'd, I'd want to play that. I love <laughs> Zelda as it is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but but it, it could be interesting to do like the Zelda dungeon style level mm-hmm. design in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a, like a yeah perverted way you do a mario party squid game that's what you do <laughs> that's, that's the answer <laughs> someone get them on the phone miyamoto speed dial <laughs> um when was the last time you felt actual real fear um I don't remember. Hmm. This is like, that's a boring answer. But it, I, could, it could be a good thing, though. Maybe we shouldn't yeah. be feeling fear. No, exactly. <laughs> a um, lot in our lives. I, uh, no, I don't think I've felt, you know, that true, true fear. Mm. I remember, uh, I mean, the, you know, the last time I was really, really creeped out by mm. something mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. watched or played, that was actually watching Hereditary. Oh my god! It's like, why is that movie so damn good? I it's it's <laughs> I love it, but it is. I think it is because you can't really put your finger on. Mm-hmm. It's like it, there's so many tiny details that builds up to a whole. And as a family man too, it's especially. More <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. There's some really. They're not mm-hmm. always great to each other in that family, right? <laughs> Right. So, yeah. if, if you have any urges to set your kids on fire while they're sleeping, just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the dumbest way you've ever injured yourself? Uh, I, uh, I I ran straight into a, a, a pole in one of the old subway trains in, in there. Yeah, uh, I, I, <laughs> saw, I saw a friend 
or what, basically I just ran straight into a pole and knocked myself out. <laughs> this was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty stupid. Uh, quite a, must be some 20 years ago now. So. <laughs> Did you just not see the East? You just saw your friend. You didn't see the pole. I, I just like, got this weird. You were there, so excited. Yeah, there was a friend. I hadn't seen him uh, for a while. And uh, I think I basically got just like two two poles and they all lined up. And I thought I saw the back one. And I just what was What was the aftermath? Did you fall on the floor? You were taken to a hospital? How was the injury? Um, and your I poor friend to, I did fall to the I did fall to the floor, but I probably got up and just tried to, you know, pretend like nothing happened. But I probably got some kind of minor concussion or something. Yeah. You can. <laughs> oh, severe brain. It's like damage. like you do. It's like ha ha. Yeah. See that? Yeah, and <laughs> that's what you, and that's what you make horror games today. <laughs> severe brain trauma. Um, I wanna. I want to put you in a similar situation like our hero in in afterlife. If someone if someone killed you, who would it be mm-hmm. and how would they have done it? Oh man, it would probably be some random person mm-hmm. on the street. Okay. Uh, so no close know. enemies in your life. That's good. That's a plus. No, I I, I hope I don't have it. <laughs> at least I don't know of them. <laughs> Maybe it's a close enemy that I'm not aware of yet. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I try. I try to be. Uh, I try to be a nice guy. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's it's probably it, w- it will probably be some random person. Right. Okay. I have no idea who it is. Um, would you be more like a Casper the Friendly Ghost or more of a Poltergeist if you were put in this sort of if you were a a specter sort of in the afterlife? on the material realm well what would you more connect with are you more of a i'll be a nice ghost or i'll be a piece of shit ghost (laughs) i think i i think i'd uh i'd I'd be a bit like i am now like i hope hopefully a nice person uh but i'd probably try to you know write stuff uh make stuff that isn't quite nice you know Mm. And I don't know if you how you do that as a ghost. Probably mm. by experimenting with the poltergeist stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think I would do more than just open doors and cupboards and shit. Yeah, I'd like to do, <laughs> probably probably you know whisper horribly or, right. know, from the TV set or you know right. or I think uh, yeah. I that, think I'd be more like a Beetlejuice. I'd be like, oh, hire me and I'll scare some asshole humans for you because I'm really good at it. If you put it like that, I I could definitely be a a Beetlejuice or Mm -hmm. a horrible poltergeist type of Mm -hmm. thing if Mm -hmm. if the people in the house were assholes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you know what? Maybe I would just open up cupboards all day long. I would be that asshole ghost. (laughs) Just like... No? Like the opening TVs, open. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> moving a mouse cursor on the screen, yeah. Right clicking when they should be left clicking. Oh yeah, until you drive someone totally insane. Um, <laughs> all right, Eric. Last question before we say goodbye. And you've been so great, by the way. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. I hate it. 
I hate when it's this good because I gotta say goodbye at some point. God damn it! Oh, but um, yeah. what was the last horror game that had a really big impact on you? Made a big impression on you when you played it? Um, it was actually Amnesia Rebirth, mm. the, the the latest one, right. uh, which mm-hmm. I haven't finished because I actually put it down because I didn't want to play it. I loved it. Uh, mm. It's very different from the first Amnesia. Yep. Uh, but uh, I actually put it to the side because I didn't want to. I, I liked it a bit too much, and then I, I didn't want to have that subconscious influence while we were building Afterlife. So I put it to the side. But I really, <laughs> really liked it. I felt it was maybe not as scary as the mm-hmm. first one, but it it had these amazing environments and uh, some really cool set pieces that I felt was like a, yeah. a really interesting evolution of the first game. All right. That's great. Well, that's going to bring us to the end. God damn it. This is a lot of fun. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. The game is amazing. Um, thank where you. can we find the game follow the game follow fast travel games it'll all be in the links below but give us the spiel the PR so, link spiel yeah you can find afterlife uh, uh, on the oculus store both both quest and rift you can buy it on steam you can buy it on uh, psvr and uh, potentially uh, on a couple more platforms in the future yeah. we'll see Right. Uh, but but it's uh, and uh, we're my company's called Fast Travel Games, uh, so you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those places as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in touch with us, yeah, I think you just confirmed that Nintendo cardboard port up and coming. Oh yeah, oh, no, that's supposed. <laughs> oh god well thank you eric thank you listeners we're not done with scary games yet sorry to say there's a few more coming down the pipeline because uh i'm selfish i'm gonna overindulge so more of that coming up pretty soon so thank you as always for listening and i'll leave you with this that fear is the mind killer until next time